0: to this edition of the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast, sponsored by AllToDoWithGaming.com. Save up to 30% off in your tie order with the promo code BIGBLUE30. Alex Ivich, back again. Last episode of 2020, which I'm very excited about, going into a new year with the next episode. Going to be really fun. I think I might have Jordan on to celebrate the new year. And hopefully, with the new year, with a better year, we could go to the playoffs. We'll see what happens next Sunday. But for right now, we have to recap what happened this last Sunday, unfortunately. Um, the Giants lost the Ravens 27-13. I didn't think it was going to be that bad. Um, I had some suspicion because the last two weeks really haven't played well. And it's not like a loss where you could say, oh, it's a Dallas loss, it's a Philly loss, it's a Bucks loss where you were in the game. We were not in the game this one. And... The offensive struggles, they've been the same all season. The defensive struggles in this one, we're going to talk about that. Trust me, there's a lot to uncover. And I'm not going to say I'm this analytics guy that's going to go over this, this, and this, stat, But going from the eye test and knowing from past games and from my past complaints, you know, some of the same stuff has come up. So, again, we'll talk about it. So let's go into the positives. Despite being sacked six times, Daniel Jones... One touchdown, 24 for 41, 252 yards, 44.2 quarterback rating, uh, and a passer rating, I believe, of 84.6. So, he played really well. And other than maybe the one play where he threw a slant to Slayton and was almost intercepted, did really well in my opinion. I mean, yeah, 17 incompletions, but that's not all on him. It's not all... On the receivers and it's not all on the offensive lines the offense as a whole excuse me i know i'm adjusting this if you're watching on youtube but it's not all his fault and we've been saying this forever and i know i've been a big daniel jones defender but i will admit you know when he's been wrong against the cardinals two sacks were on him offensive line still gave up six sacks let's go to the receivers now sterling Shepard and evan ingram both had nice games Ingram, I think he has like some type of leg injury now. I hope he does play next week against the Cowboys because that's where he really shines. I mean, two years ago, he really shined against the Cowboys when we uh, were just playing for you know whatever wins or whatever at the end of the season because we were eliminated. We lost 36-35, but he played really well. He got a touchdown in that game. The last game against the Cowboys, he got a touchdown. And I don't remember if he got a touchdown the year before, but, you know, it really doesn't matter. He also got a touchdown against Dallas in 2018 when we went over to Jerry World, and we got sacked seven times, but that's not the point right now. He did really well, just speaking off of Evan Ingram. Seven receptions, 65 yards, as long as it was a 15-yard reception. And let's go to Sterling Shepard. He's one of my favorite players on the team. You cut out the injuries, you put a wide receiver one next to him, he'll be fine. He's a good red zone target. This was his first red zone touchdown since the game against Philly in, I believe, Week 7. He's good. Is he wide receiver one? No. He's a good slot guy. And always either in a struggle, not a struggle for the offense. He's always there when you need him. I mean, he's not going to be that guy. goes out 100 yards every game. But he'll get 50, 60, 70 yards. This game, 9 receptions, 70, 70 yards. 1 touchdown. 12 targets, 9 receptions. Either 3 were drops or whatever. That's pretty good. Gotta go out and see the catch rate, but again, another nice surprise. First time he was activated all season. Dante Pettis. You know, we're questioning, why aren't you activating him? With Golden Tate out, they activated him. Nice surprise in the offense. Two receptions, let's see. Two receptions, 33 yards. 16.5 per reception. Yeah, it's two receptions. But on that one play where Jones was rolling out of the pocket, and he just makes the throw to the silent a Pettis, and people were talking, you know, it's going to be a next year thing. If he can do kick returns and do what he did catching in the offense on Sunday, he's going to be a part of the future of this team. I'm very excited, and I wasn't, you know, necessarily, I would say, excited as I am now when he was brought over. I said, you know what, okay, wide receiver, Um, everybody pretty much was hyping around him and saying, you know what, Uh, he's a guy from San Francisco who didn't necessarily make it. I think he was a second-round pick, but let's see what we got in him. Two receptions, 33 yards, and when Gallman got a reception out of the backfield, Darius Slayton, we'll talk about him later, I'm really disappointed, but... You know, that's been the mainstay emotion for the Giants fans all season. And despite the online giving up six sacks, Gates, Thomas, and Zeidler played well in pass protection in their running game when they did run it. Because we'll get to that. Now, let's go to the negatives. The run defense, they took a big fucking blow. And I don't curse a lot, and I try not to. But let's talk as this was their worst game all season. Because right from the get-go, now the Giants kicked off. So they got it back in the second half. The offense had like one or two drives in between. But it was 17-0 going into the second quarter, I believe. Is that the way you want to give your offense? And I understand. I've been on the defense's defense for the past couple of weeks now. And saying, you know what, this defense, working really hard, Patrick Graham... And the offense isn't working, Jason Garrett's not fixing anything. This is how we lose ball games. Well, I'm sorry, but the offensive struggles are very consistent. But the defense here, and I'm not saying we would have won this game, but the defense absolutely in my opinion gave the offense in the first half at least a no chance to win. I'm sorry. What was the score coming out of the half? It was like twenty to three. Something like that. Twenty to six, something like that. I think it was twenty six at halftime. Either Daniel Jones throws an interception or something like that. 20 to 6 is not a good score either way to be coming out of the half. And I get it. You could receive. That's fine. But you don't want to be down by that much. By two scores. And that's what we lost this game by. Two scores. Got one touchdown. Yeah. Defensive struggles. How many yards are on the ground? 240. And I believe 40 carries. At least i think so so let me take a look right now because i'm pretty sure that is the stat let's see 249 yards on 40 carries 6.2 per carry one touchdown that was by jk dobbins gus edwards 15 rushes 85 yards 5.7 per carry lamar jackson obviously weapon out of the backfield 13 rushes 80 yards 6.2 per carry and jk dobbins 11 rushes 77 yards Again, that's 7 yards per carry, but averages out to 6.2 with all the rushers. What is the strength of the Giants' defense this year? Where is it? It's in the running game. And Blake Martinez said in one of the press conferences or something like that, it was either Monday or it was today. We got, you know, bamboozled basically by the pre-snap motion. Guys, you're supposed to be game planning for this. The Ravens are one of the most dynamic running games in all of football. Now, mind you, they're 31st in passing offense, but that probably went up. Who knows? They're 31st in passing offense. But you still can't just, you know, sit there and say, oh, we were bamboozled by pre-snap motion. Either it's coaching, either it's Patrick Graham. They saw a lot of people going after Patrick Graham. Okay? Now, I don't know if it's him. I don't know if it's the personnel. There are two players that I will point out, three maybe, But two definitely, I will point out, as players who played horrible on defense in this game. Just from overall looking at it. Those two players, Tate Crowder and Isaac Yadom. Now, earlier in the year, I was saying, you know what, Yadom is not the second corner. I was ranting on him. Okay? I gave him a break in the last couple of games. I said, you know what, he's a corner two for us right now but he's not going to be that way for the rest of his career you know he's just the depth guy i would like to bring him back and it's not the passing game that really affected me it's the running game by his size he's a weak tackler and what did carl bank say now this is obviously some i just pulled out of my ass And a lot of you guys won't remember, when the Giants were trying to get corners in the fourth preseason game against the Patriots in 2018, they had Eli Apple and Janoris Jenkins, possibly B.W. Webb. But what did they need? A tackling corner. What's been the most detrimental thing to this defense in the past couple of years? Not just coverage, missed tackles. Not stopping the run. Bleeding. And I'm sorry, Isaac. Darnie Holmes has this problem, too. But we invested a fourth-round pick in Darnie Holmes. That's different. He didn't play any snaps for some reason. I would like to get an answer on that after I'm done recording this. But just the personnel or something. I feel that it was on the players on the defensive side. Could it be the coaching? I'm not going to rule that out. But he's a weak tackler with his size. How many missed tackles? I'm not going to sit here and say he's Curtis Riley. Because he's not. He doesn't ruin games. He doesn't give up touchdowns by missed tackles. There were a couple missed tackles in this game that he should have got a hold of. The next one, Tate Crowder. He had another bad game in the tackling. Again, what I'm going to say here. And what I'm going to point out on the defensive side is mostly in the run game. Because that's what killed us. Which was the running game. And I said in the week. I said, you know what? Maybe we stop him in the running game. Maybe we stop him in the passing game. It turned out to be that the running game killed us. And you could go back and look at the statue and say, Oh, uh, well, Lamar Jackson only passed for like 186 yards. Well, Mark Andrews got 77 yards. Okay. To add to that. And must have been short passes. Because there was no deep balls. That's what the Ravens offense is. Cute, small passes, and a major part in the running game. I said before the week. I said, look, the last three weeks, the last three weeks, 39% pass rate. Which is probably the least in the NFL. Mark Ingram, he was a healthy scratch for some reason. I don't know why. But you still have to look at the options in the backfield. J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Lamar Jackson himself. Tate Crowder looked like Mr. Irrelevant out there. David Mayo, he was on the edge for some reason. This has to be fixed. And if the Giants... And I know Joe Judge, he came out with something... Uh, talked to his players after they returned from Baltimore and said, look, we're going to focus on the Cowboys, not the playoffs. I think that's a good way about things. I really do. Do I want to go to the playoffs? Yeah, sure. But player development is better. And you could say, well, you know what? You were all against uh, people saying that they wanted draft picks. Because it's not about drafting yet. It's about player development. What good is a draft pick if the rest of your team's not good? If Tate Crowder doesn't progress, if Matt Parrott doesn't progress, who had a really bad game, if these players don't progress, and then you add like something like a wide receiver or an offensive lineman or a defensive end, how good is the team? It's all about progression. Nobody's bringing this up. It's not about progression to these people. It's about draft picks. That's what they're going to tell you. Draft picks, draft picks, draft picks. For the guys that don't want to go to the playoffs. If I was on the side of, you know, Giants should just play to win. If Washington, you know, goes, you know, to the playoffs and they win, it's about player progression. And that's the side I'm on. But if the Giants make the playoffs, I won't be disappointed. Because, hey, our division's crappy, and we're going to be there. And for the first time since 2016, even though it would be the worst record in history for a playoff team, we're going to the playoffs. And it's bragging rights, too. Because right now, if we were to make the playoffs, Tom Brady would be facing us. We'd be hosting them, actually. Which really doesn't make a lot of sense, but they're a wild card team. Saints have already probably won that division. O-line gave up six sacks. And going back to uh, the tackling aspect of things, Logan Ryan was not very good. Cop Pizzle pointed it out, and I'm going to be honest, he's not a guy that watches film. But you could just see that nobody was tackling really well. I mean, Dalvin Tomlinson, Dexter Lawrence, those guys try. Trust me. I'm not going to, you know, let them off the hook. But they tried. Nothing is no pressure, but we're going to get to that. O-line gave up six sacks. Here's the four that were the outliers. Shane Lemieux, Cam Fleming, another one being Matt Parrott, and Deion Lewis. Now, Deion Lewis, it was one sack, but he also had pressure coming from Cameron Fleming's side. And what Cameron Fleming didn't do, and Bobby Skinner references in his video, he had two guys... I think it was seven guys blocking or six guys blocking and seven guys. They had one more rushing. And those two extra rushers, they were on Fleming's side. What did Fleming do? He didn't block one. He didn't block the inside guy. He didn't block the outside guy. He blocked neither. So it's double on block guys coming to him. Not to mention, Deion Lewis gives up the pressure from the interior, it looks like, to whoever number 49 was. I think it was Tyus Bowser. I'm not sure. And Daniel Jones gets sacked. Shane Lemieux, he keeps struggling. We're going to talk about that at the end because that's a part of the Will Hernandez topic that you guys see on the screen here. We're going to talk about that at the end. So, and I understand that this O-line is progressing, but you have to pay attention here. When I was talking about and preparing, the offense should do the same. First in blitz rate. Top 10 in pressure percentage. Wink Martindale is smart. He knows this is a very immature offensive line. He knows that. So you think he's not going to come at you? The Ravens play the Bengals next week. Do you think that for any reason he won't be attacking their offensive line? So I think this either was bad coaching or bad execution on the players as a whole. Drop passes by Austin Mack and Darius Slayton. Austin Mech is kind of expected. I'm not going to say, oh, he's got to be a star. Because he's an undrafted free agent at Ohio State. I'm not expecting anything big. But that third and fourth pass, you got to have that, bud. you got to have that in your chest. And then one of the drops by Darius Slayton. Speaking of him right now, I'm going to just... Either if this was supposed to be my points to make, or whatever. He's been a disappointment. And I said coming into this year, do not expect him... To be this number one wide receiver like Antonio Brown. Or this late round, you know, going to be a wide receiver like Devontae Adams. Don't expect him to be that because you're going to build all this hype. And then it's going to come crashing down and you'll be disappointed. But, you know, the Giants had the same set of receivers last year. Rotating in and out. We complained so much that the offense didn't get enough snaps together. Barkley, Shepard, Ingram, Slayton, Tate. But now that Slayton's on the field, where is he? Ingram stepped up this game. I mean, Ingram has had a decent last couple of games. I'm not going to say that he's always been there. No, because he fumbles, he drops passes, he makes interceptions happen. I'm not keen on Ingram. But Slayton has to step up. Yes, he's had two over 100-yard games. The first game against the Steelers, against Steven Elson. And then week 5 against the Dallas Cowboys. Now, if he can step up and get another 100 yards against the Dallas Cowboys, say no more. I'll be happy. But, see, the thing is with these Gettleman draft picks, for some reason, they shine in their first year and really struggle in their second. Want a couple examples besides Slayton? Sure. Will Hernandez? Another one being Julian Love? A couple more there are. B.J. Hill, in his second year, Lorenzo Carter. I'm just saying it right now. And I'm a big Gettleman guy to keep him. And I said this before. I said, if he gets fired, I'll trust this organization and what they do. But Slayton has to step up. We can't be making these excuses no more of, you know, Jason Garrett's not involving him in the offense. You know, for some reason, he's been out of touch. Blah, 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 blah. Listen. I have not been keen on Jason Garrett this whole season, right? Conservative. But you gotta look. He had two catches this game out of eight targets. I'm pretty sure not all that is on Daniel Jones. Next one, no pressure. I mean, there was pressure, but it was zone most of the time, and there were no sacks. When was the last time... They didn't get a sack, Alex. I'll tell you right now. First game in 392 days that they didn't get a sack or hit the QB and get a sack, as I should say. The last game was the Packers game. They barely brung pressure. And we had a less dominant pass rush and a less talented defense. We had Bradbury back. Hell, we had Holmes back. But he didn't play for some reason. Zero snaps. I didn't see him at all. Xavier McKinney was playing. But there's no pressure. And if you're going to go in with a defensive game plan, in my opinion, we'll talk about this on Friday. If you're going to go in with a defensive game plan against the Dallas Cowboys, their offensive line is the number one striking point, the number one target. Sure, C.D. Lamb needs to be covered better. Sure, lock down Amari Cooper. Sure, keep an eye out for Michael Gallup. Sure, stop the run with Ezekiel Elliott. But they only have one to two starters on that offensive line. Brandon Knight, undrafted left tackle. Terrence Steele, the right tackle. Tyler Bidish, the center. And if it's not Bidish, which I think he's on IR or whatever, Joe Looney's the center. Are they starters? No. So I think now that you have Bradbury back, you should be going a little bit more into man. Or at least zone blitzes. Because you don't put pressure on the quarterback, they have all day to throw, and they can throw in zones. And it's fine if you think zones are the answer. Look at the last two games and two key plays. Isaac Yadam, that touchdown to the end zone for either Marquise Goodwin or it was Des Bryant. To the left side of the end zone. Yadam was in the wrong spot at the wrong time. Game before that, the Browns game. Devontae Downs wandering in the end zone, wide open Austin Hooper. In my opinion, and listen, if they're not good in zone, who knows if they'll be good in man. But it's about personnel also. Why we we sticking Devontae Downs out there? Why, in this situation, are we doing that with him in zone? Why, if we have Tate Crowder? Why, if we have Blake Martinez? And I understand we don't have a sufficient coverage linebacker. That's why I wanted Isaiah Simmons in the draft. Because I was a little bit worried. But we have to stick with the autumn for right now. They're not going to activate Ryan Lewis. He's done for the season. Even if he's ready and he's ready to go. No, they, unless the playoffs happen, he's not coming back. Devonta Freeman, he's probably not coming back. But I still would a little bit attack the game plan. And listen, I never played professional football, so I'm never going to be inside of it. I probably know baseball better than I know football because I've played baseball. But please, stay off this zone stuff a little bit. Understandable if you can't trust them and it's the Browns game where Bradbury's out. But now you have a Ravens team that runs the ball more, barely passes it, and now you're still playing zone defense with James Bradbury back. And I understand Kyler Frackrell's not there, even though he wasn't really impressive this season, or at least the later part before he got injured. I get that. Leonard Williams is up the middle. Put guys in the blitz. Put pressure on the quarterback. You do that with Dalton. How many times was he sacked in Cincinnati? He had the lack of talent around him. How many times was he sacked? He's going to be running for his life, and he'll make stupid decisions. Because he's the full-time starter right now, even if they go to the playoffs. Dak Prescott's not coming back. What I'm saying is, put pressure on the quarterback, and you'll be fine. Coverage on the back end is always important, because those two work together. Pass, rushing. Coverage. But you know what? Can we please come out of the zone a little bit? Please. Because Ezekiel Elliott has not really been the rusher all season. Yes, they just tore up the Eagles. But I think we're a better defense. And Patrick Graham is a better coach. He's not a scumbag like Jim Schwartz. Now, I don't know if I referenced it earlier. I'll reference it. Giants... Let's see how many times did they run the ball i'm gonna mark we're gonna mark it down right now 12 rushes for 54 yards 4.5 per carry the per carry stuff is not really you know that unimpressive they ran it 12 times why did they run it 12 times alex well let's see down 17 nothing in the second quarter they had no position to run it yes you could maybe argue the first drive maybe you could argue the next drive but they were down so much that they had to get back somehow And with the number one rushing defense on the opposing side, I don't think that that was the game plan. And I didn't think Jason Garrett was that bad of a play caller this game. But can't be in that situation, and you can't run the football properly if your defense does not give you a chance. Let's go to the points to make here. Now, the defense has carried this team throughout the rest of this... Now, the defense has carried... This team throughout the season, everybody knows that. Aside from like maybe two games, also known as well as probably you know the 49ers game, but that's not the point right now. But the defense didn't do him any favors this game. Take a look at the time of possession. Baltimore 35:09 compared to New York Giants 24:51. And I understand this is an offensive league. Trust me. Matted the picks that all the way. I've seen. Games around the league, they depict that. But for the defense, it's collapsing slowly. And it started collapsing this game, especially in our strength, the running game. So next week, maybe, maybe not, we compose a good game plan against Dallas on offense. But you have to be prepared, in my opinion, for either situation. Whether the offense comes out of the gates running... Or the offense is stale, doesn't do anything at all. In the past, people used to say defense wins championships. Right now, this is possibly a couple steps away from a championship caliber defense. You look at the last game, you don't think so. Honestly. Wide receiver one is needed. Sterling Shepard, he's not a wide receiver one, he's a slot receiver. But every game, he puts up 50, 60, 70 receiving yards. You have a good playmaker, a wide receiver one like Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddell, any of the other guys out there, Rashad Bateman, and I don't talk about the offseason a lot when in season, But that's a need for the Giants. Slayton has been a disappointment. I mentioned this in the beginning, and I said it was going to be my points to make. 52.2 catch percentage, which is 4.9 down from last year, and he's got six drops. Those you would see in a rookie... He's a late round pick, but those you would see in a rookie, if they had extended snaps. So, listen, am I saying cut Slayton? Absolutely not, because that would be stupid. Slayton can be a playmaker whenever he is put in the position on occasion. But is he your number one? Absolutely not. Wide receiver two, wide receiver three. Especially when Golden Tate possibly gets cut in the offseason. Should the Giants reconsider possibly cutting Kevin Zeitler because Shane Lemieux has given up five sacks and eight starts? That worries me, honestly. And I've been saying this whole time, look, if you guys want to, um, meaning the Giants, if they want to re-sign Leonard Williams, if they want to re-sign Dalvin Tomlinson to a hometown discount, you know, you're going to have to get rid of some guys. Kevin Zeitler's on that list. Even though we traded for him in the Vernon trade. This offensive line, it's coming together, but Shane Lemieux. And this is not unnormal to see struggles from a rookie, especially one that's drafted in the fifth round. What was his Achilles, you know, what was his biggest issue? Pass protection. What's his biggest issue right now? Pass protection, five sacks. And we're going to talk more about that in the Will Hernandez topic. With more snaps, and everyone knew, Matt Parrott would struggle. Matt Parrot is not a perfect tackle. He could be a starter on the right side. I'm just a little bit worried, though. And Bobby Skinner was pointing out something with his hips. And I'm not a lineman, so I won't know that, but I trust him. And that's probably been going on all season. And he's given up two sacks last game. And he gave up a sack against Arizona, I believe. Daniel Jones, though, kind of held on to it for too long. But I'm kind of scared, in my opinion. And listen, the more snaps he played, as I just said, the more snaps he plays, he's going to struggle. Because he gets more time on the field, he fa- he faces more dominant rushers. But I don't want it to be this thing where we go into next season... He's still not efficiently ready at the right tackle position. And we have to re-sign somebody like a Cam Fleming. We have to, you know, go out and draft, you know, a late round tackle. We have to maybe keep Nate Solder for another year. I just don't want it to be that situation. I have confidence in this coaching staff. I really do. But we have to have a positive going into next year. And one thing I don't want to see is Demarcus Lawrence bullying this offensive line. Because as of right now. With Everson Griffin gone, he's their only dominant rusher, other than Alden Smith. In order for the Giants to get a pass rusher, they need a cornerback too. There you go. Cornerback two is on the list no matter what. But if you have a dominant rusher, and you have a smart quarterback who gets away from the pressure and throws it, and targets that second cornerback like Isaac Yadam who is undersized, it's not going to work. Both need to work together. And especially, as I mentioned before, Isaac Yadam, in my opinion, he's on a one-year rental, even though we traded a seventh-round pick for him. Can't look at that and say, oh, gentleman, this, that, and the other thing. Yes, cornerback two was a need. Maybe he should have assessed that better. DeAndre Baker also happened at the same time. But then again, we can't count on him just to be like this breakout player in a second year. Yanum is a one-year rental, in my opinion. He's a weak tackler. And going back to what I said about Carl Banks, you need a corner that can tackle. That's what he said in that fourth preseason game two years ago. You need a corner that can tackle. And unfortunately, I don't know if it's muscle, strength, or whatever, he's very weak in the tackling game. Because you always see him... Going for the bottom half of the legs. You don't see him going for the chest or the waist. But, as I said, the back end's not going to work if the front end doesn't work. The front end's not going to work if the back end doesn't work. Because you could have this monstrous pass rush. The other offense can game plan. Hey, let's just get the ball out quicker. See what happens. Whichever way you see it, an upgrade at linebacker is very plausible. And I've determined this. David Mayo, he shouldn't be playing edge. I think that's very stupid. Because he can't get to the passer. He's an inside linebacker. Why is he playing edge? And I understand, you know, we're all compromised at this edge rusher position. I just don't feel it's needed. And Tay Crowder, okay, he's got his rookie struggles. Also to note that this is his first or second year adapting to the linebacker position. And I didn't have high expectations for him coming into this year. I said special teams. TJ Brunson hasn't played a snap. Probably won't be playing a snap, my opinion. That's why I didn't have high expectations for Crowder. Because he was transitioning the linebacker position from the running back position. And he's going into the NFL a step ahead. And he was drafted at Mr. Irrelevant. But you can't go into next year with Tate Crowder, in my opinion, as your starting linebacker. Or as your second starting linebacker. I think they need an upgraded linebacker. Whether you address it in free agency, whether you address it in the draft with Micah Parsons or someone else that can play linebacker. I don't know. But definitely recognizing from this game... A linebacker upgrade is definitely needed now let's go into the analytics um, only one new one but obviously ranks go up and down Leonard Williams is eighth among defensive tackles and run stop win rate Andrew Thomas still ranks ninth among offensive tackles in run block win rate Will Hernandez still ranks third among offensive guards and run block win rate Giants 32nd pass rush win rate Giants are 19th in run-stop win-rate. Giants are 31st in pass-block win-rate. And the Giants are 14th in run-block win-rate. So let's go to the Will Hernandez topic, which is the final topic of 2020. I saw, and this has been an absolute debate for weeks. This beat reporter, it's like the newspaper podcast or something like that, that this guy has, and I think he's part of the beat media as well. And he said, Shane Lemieux to the coaches is better than Will Hernandez because he is a part of what they want to do in the running game in the passing game whatever so let me put my thoughts into this as well I think that a lot of people just say Shane Lemieux is better than Will Hernandez by just sticking to the beat media and just you know Carving their own thoughts out of that while actually not doing a lot of research. Shane Lemieux has given up five sacks and eight starts this year. That's pretty bad. He's struggling a whole lot. Pass protection is the worst with him. And you guys can sit here and say, you know what, Um, this, that, and the other thing. You can provide your own thoughts. Listen, I don't have a problem with people arguing with me as long as they have their evidence. But in my opinion, Will Hernandez is the better left guard, and everybody knew Shane Lemieux. He's gonna struggle at some point, which is normal. But tell me one thing that Shane Lemieux is better at than Will Hernandez. Yes, you could say, all the running game on some plays. Will Hernandez, you wanna stick to analytics? He ranks third among offensive guards in run block win rate, behind Ben Powers of the Ravens, and Quentin Nelson of the Colts. Those are two pretty good offensive guards. Quentin Nelson, Nelson being one of the best in the league. In both categories. Hernandez, he hasn't given up a sack in two years. To my standards. Or at least, you know, to my note checking. Okay, he hasn't given up a sack in two years. And I think this carved opinion comes from the fact that the Giants are very disappointed in Will Hernandez. I think they are because his first year he was decent. You know, he had his rookie struggles, but he was a good guard. People were projecting Pro Bowl, this, that, the other thing. He's going to make a Pro Bowl. He's going to be part of this team when they win a Super Bowl. The second year, not so well. Now, mind you, he didn't necessarily give up any sacks, I don't think, or he may have given up three. I don't know if it was zero or three. I don't know. His blocking in the run game took a major hit. And Giants fans were totally disappointed in him. Totally. Very disappointed. Shane Lemieux comes in. Once he starts, Giants fans are on his train. And listen, may the best starting left guard be the starting left guard for the future. But I think in my carved opinion, a lot of Giants fans are still pissed off at Will Hernandez. And... Some teams accept it. Some teams don't. When it comes to fan bases and when it comes to teams. Just like Daniel Jones. And Will Hernandez. Both are high picks considerably. Because the NFL draft is seven rounds. Jones was selected in the first. Hernandez was selected in the second. And was possibly going to be a first round pick. According to draft analysts. But teams accept it these days. Both of them. And I'm talking about Daniel Jones and Will Hernandez are not going to be stars. May not be stars. You could put everything around him, they could be just game managers. Talking in the face of Daniel Jones. But when I'm talking about Hernandez, and if you want to set it equivalently to what a quarterback would be, Hernandez, 16 game starter, is not awful, is not powerful, is not a pro bowler, but he's a solid starter that gives you 16 games every season. And you know what? I'll take that. Honestly. Am I a little bit disappointed in Will Hernandez? Why not? But would I rather take a starter that's average at second round value and have him contribute sixteen games of the year in both sides of the aisle in pass protection and in run blocking, rather than an offensive guard who shines on occasion? either is really bad in both sides of the aisle and gives you 16 games or he's good and he gets injured all the time. I'll take my chances with Will Hernandez, thank you very much. And this is not a knock on Shane Lemieux. Trust me. It's not a knock on him at all. But you know what? Let's just face the facts that Will Hernandez is average and let's stick to our facts. You have facts. You guys say that Shane Lemieux is better than Will Hernandez. By any spin of the circle. Back your argument up with evidence. I think Will Hernandez is better. Put Shane Lemieux at right guard? Why not? Either of them at guard. If Lemieux progresses, sure. I think both should be a part of the future. But if the Giants were to really... Expect this thing. And I'm talking to the coaching staff because I know Gettleman drafted Hernandez. He wouldn't want to get rid of him. And they say, you know what? We can upgrade a guard. And they draft over Hernandez. Hernandez is cut. And I don't think the coaching staff would do this. Just say if they did. And they put another guard in there. And he struggles immensely. And then the next year, he's average. It's going to be a mistake all over again. So that's my thoughts on the Will Hernandez topic. So thank you guys for supporting last episode of the new year um uh, should be out tonight. I'm recording this around the time that the next game should actually be starting. So it's either going to be disappointment or it's either going to be happiness cuz they get to 500 or they go to 1 and 3. But anyway, thank you guys for supporting the podcast platforms are below Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Castbox and Overcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. I do occasional videos podcast episodes also on there as well if you don't have any of the platforms turn the notifications button on so you get notified every time i make a video and you can join the conversation would always love the interaction i reply to everything on youtube also if you want updates my thoughts instagram and twitter mostly active on twitter thank you guys and happy new year happy holidays and i'll see you in 2021